Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, we've been trailing this one for a very long time. This is the fascinating chat that I had last month with former Ponypool, Ebby Vale, Hull Kingston Rovers, and of course Wales scrum half David Bishop. It starts as a bit of a kind of straightforward Q&A, but as we go on, it kind of becomes clear that Bish wants to get across his side of the story, that you know the, the media have kind of had their say over the years, and really wanted to, yeah, I guess to, to put across um, what he thinks is right and, and kind of set the story straight, if you like. And the more we talk, the more animated he gets, comes clear he wants to get things off his chest. Um, told me at one point how frustrated he was at how much was left out of the recent Codebreakers documentary, which was on the BBC. So with that in mind, I said out that I wouldn't cut bits out. And that's what you've got. It's, it's rough, it's uncensored. Uh, there's plenty of colorful languages in this one, so be warned. But I find it absolutely fascinating and, uh, and I hope you do too. If you've enjoyed these specials, obviously we had the, the Phil Steele one last week as well. If you have enjoyed these, please leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, we're, we're growing really, really nicely now. It, it kind of makes it all worthwhile to see how the, the numbers are growing up, not just on not just on the podcast, but on the Facebook page and things like that. So it's been fantastic to, to witness this. So make sure you keep spreading the word. It helps us out massively. Uh, so again, thanks to everyone who's, who's been listening all this all this time. Uh, quick thanks, of course, to our sponsors as well. So coffeetrades.co.uk. Be sure to check them out. And finally, a big thanks to Bish and to Gerald McCarthy for for sorting out the interview for us. Now, sit back and enjoy a special Attacking Scrum podcast, David Bishop. (laughs) 
Right, welcome to a very special edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by none other than David Bishop, who's joined me. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum, David. Great to be here. It's great to have you here, and to be honest with you, it's really hard to, to know where to begin, such as the, uh, the eventful <laughs> career that you've, uh, that you've had. Um, and obviously achieved uh, a huge amount with, uh, with Pony Pool and, uh, and later with, uh, with Hull KR and Rugby League. Um, but I wanted to start because so many people, particularly in my family, mentioned uh, just your raw ability and talent and why you only had one cap for Wales. And that feels like the, the, the most obvious place to start and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Well, I just want to start really. Um, I come out of jail when I was 20 uh, after three year attendance. Um, I was playing for the Welsh youth, got into a, a fight in town, etc., and uh, ended up in jail in town, uh, ended up going to jail for three years. Came out, um, I was playing for Ebbervale at the time. Um, Cardiff, asked, uh, Cardiff asked me to leave the club because um, I'm after field antics, if you like, when I was in the youth. So um, Paul Reese was playing at Ebbervale, and um, I went to Ebbervale. Um, about two months into Abbeville, I, I was imposed with a three-year sentence, so my season was interrupted a little bit. So, um, yeah, I went to jail, come out after a year, um, and then obviously t- went back to um, went back to uh, Abbeville. And it's funny, I came out on the Tuesday, I don't remember if I got, on a Wednesday, Abbeville were playing. I played for Abbeville seconds against Cardiff Rags and all sides, and Holmes, he was playing, and uh, Gareth Davis all in the seconds. I scored three tries that game, uh, my first game back out. And um, it went from there really. I was with Ebbervale then for that season, the next season, and they made me vice captain at 20, 20 years of age. Um, and I was knocking on the door for a B cap, everyone was telling me. So um, I turned on to the club um, and I said, Look, I said, I'll stay. I said, If I get my B cap, if I don't, I'm going. You know, at this time, at this time in my career, I mean, I, I, Ebbervale seems to be forgotten in my career, mm. but. It gave me such a platform to play off um, at the time, you know, where probably no one else um, would have given me a chance. And the thing is with Abbeville, and the great thing about those days where you had your Panats, you had your Abbotelleries, you had my Stegs, you had Abba Abbins, wasn't great sides, but they were, they were good sides where you could spend an apprenticeship, if you know, and, and, if, and if you were a little bit better than, you know, what was there, you, um, you could push on, if you like. And what comes to mind is probably Ruben Moon playing for Abbotelleries, you know, and... Uh, there's a couple of players went from Aberavon to, to Bridgen to play for Wales. So they, they, they were great apprenticeship places, you know, playing with old players, Clyde Burgess, you know, um, uh, Phil Gardner, just to name two of them, you know, all old heads. And of course, coached by Arthur Lewis, you know, he was an ex-lion and everything else. So it was great for me, I was 20 years of age and um, uh, I'm knocking on the door for a B-cap. And of course, the B cap never came. They gave it to um, Robert Dwyer for his fourth B cap. <laughs> it was about 30 at the time. So, you know, you see. So, what happened then was um, very quickly, I'm, Paul Reese, who um, was a great friend of mine, still to this day, uh, was full back for Cardiff and um, he was kicked out of Cardiff. And he'd gone to Newport in the interim while I was in jail and things. So, uh, Charlie Falkland, in the meantime, had taken over Newport. And Charlie phoned me up, my dad's pub, and he said, I heard you're on the move, etc. And I said, um, yeah, I am. Um, he said, well, we'd love you to come here. So Cardiff was obviously out. Um, so I'm looking at the big four, too, you know, big four sides, really. You're looking at Cardiff, Newport, Tranathy and Swansea. But nothing down west, really, I wanted to go, you know, because of Cardiff pub. So Newport there was um, with Pablo and that, you know, was, was, the, um, was, was the easy fix. The natural route, yeah. Yeah, and, and the natural route, 12 miles up the road from me. 
So my last game was against Pondy Pool for Everville on a Saturday. Toughest thing I ever had to do in my life was, um, was tell these tell these guys who've been fantastic to me and, 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 and bend over backwards for me in, in, in every way they could. Uh, you know, to give me the opportunity to, to show what I had, and uh, you know, and um, it was the toughest, one of the toughest things I ever do to tell them I was leaving. So we played Pony Pool, we got beat, I think, 46 9, and I was about another match. And, <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, that's true. And um, we've gone into the players' bar, and, and, and I think they all knew it was coming. And I'm sort of, you know, like, like a, a boy trying to get out of the classroom, yeah. you know what I mean? And the next thing then, I've gone up and uh, look, I'm leaving. And, you know, all we know is anything we can, you know, change your mind. I said, look, no, I don't have any problem. Monday I'll be in the portrait. So that was done. <sighs> like a big relief off my shoulder. I run downstairs to get my dad. Um, downstairs, he was in the bar. I run downstairs to get my dad and to get out of there, you know, just a relief off my shoulders just to get out of there. I feel a little bit guilty in some ways for, you know, the olive branch they've given yeah. me, you know, and they were a great club and, and, and I always, you know, look for Everville every time you know, I pick the paper up. And, um, which I've all been forgotten about, you know. So they all said I played with a, um, a, this tremendous pack and all. I played for Everville for two years. <laughs> you know, where we get smashed every week. So they forget about all that. So as I go downstairs, I see my father there and I'm with a couple of my heroes, like Bobby Winslet, Teddy Cobden, Graham Price. So I go, I said, come on, let's go. Our five minutes early, he said. No, Dad, I want to go, I want to go. Come on, let's go. Also, I didn't know at the time. Yeah. This monster of a man who just, just dominated the whole room. He came over, he said, oh, you, do you want to move, boy, to those black and amber fuckers? So I looked up, and off I jumped out of the fire, but I'm right in the fire, I'm from upstairs. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, like, Dad, let's go, come on. And he's gone, sit down there, and I can see that a cup of whiskey. They'd be pumped about a half of whiskey. So, well, yeah, I'll, I'll say it as it was. And, um, Cross said we're playing in Australia in three weeks' time. He said, Do you want to play? <laughs> I said, What? He said, We're playing in Australia in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was. He said, Do you want to play against them? He said, I think you're the finest thing I've ever seen. He said, And uh, so I looked something like that. This other guy comes in, Peter Lawler. He goes, I'll give you £200 a week. It's 1981. I'll give you £200 a week. Have you got a car? He said, No. He said, I'll give you a car. I can see my old man all his extras. <laughs> so, so I looked up now, and all of a sudden, like the, the Australia games just grabbed me. You know, the, the money just the, yeah. the cherry on the top, if you like. I mean, and in 1981, a 200 pretty week, a car, petrol, you could spend three weeks anytime you wanted in one of the villas. Of the, you know, um, and you also give me ten pound a point. He said. So, and, and it, that seems like what grabbed me was the Australian game. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, then you got Jeff Squire sounding by, and you got fucking John Perkins and Steve Sutton at the time, and Eddie Butler. And you just look around Steve Jones, and it's just this, just this all-star cast, just all drooling on this one man. Across. And in all of this as well, you say they're drooling around Ray Crosser. I said Ray Crosser was, was a hard, would have been a hard man to say no to anyway. You know what I mean? In that situation, that, that would have been a difficult... But when he turned around and said, do you want to play against Australia in two weeks? I said, do you want to go that power? And everyone just sort of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he put his arm on me like that. He said, what do you think, son? I said, I'll see you Monday. 
So that was it. That was that was me going to Ponypool. And um, after after seven games, played against Australia, we got we had soundly beaten there. But uh, Man of the match again? No, no, <laughs> not that one. I won. But played against um, played one against um, my father's hero. You know, my father was only um, Hypno, who just died not so long back. You know, he, he, was, he, was, um, he was getting past it then. You know, I was twenty. Years old, you know. um, uh, he was like a, uh, he was one of the greats of, of Australian rugby, and you know, that's one of my claims of fame. I played against him. Um, which was, was great learning curve that was but getting back to what I'm saying I wasn't really playing at my best I want to say my best I don't know what it was um, anyway after seven games I break my neck well this is it and uh, <laughs> let's be honest you know I, I think most most people in medical advice after that wouldn't have, got, wouldn't have gone back to the game well, did that thought ever go through your head or no, was it no never never so thank god you can walk and uh, be happy with that um, the year before I was in jail for Christmas. So this happened in November, so I turned around and said, I'm not in Christmas year, so I said last year I was in jail, so the specialist said you're gonna be in hospital for six months, he said. There's no there's no back doors, quick doors over the year, he said, you you're in it. Anyway, cut a long story short, I was out on Christmas Eve, right? For three weeks. On Christmas Day I was begging to go back into hospital, I was in that much pain. But he didn't take me back in and um, straight away then I was in this Williams Collar, they call it. Yeah. I had that for about five or six months, but all the time, and then I was when I'm going to get back. My father just wouldn't entertain it. You know? So I went and seen this Professor McGibbon, who'd done the operation, and um, it sort of um, gave me a bollocking like, 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 a, like an headmaster gives a kid. I said, um, I want to play again. Paraplegic, tetraplegic, so you've never been so lucky as you, and you want to go back playing and all this. And, um, you know, he sort of threw me out the door, if you like. So my father said, no, will you have it? And I said, no, I won't. I said, I'm going to play. I said, well, I'm telling you, I'm going to play again. So then the process begins, and I went down to what, nine stone with muscle wastage and everything else. Um, and then I had back playing. I picked my, uh, my, my club, my school side, um, all the Tidians. My, um, I got. A, I started doing a bit of training with them, and started seeing a bit of contact, and started training, and I could feel it back coming back, coming back. So um, I started off playing flanker then for the um, for the Hills that season. But just before that, Aberroyd and Rex Willis came in. Stan Thomas, so Stan Thomas, you know the owner of Merthyr. Yeah. He came and asked, um, seen I was playing, and said, "Do you want to play for us, Don, in the Aberroyd and Sevens?" And I said, "Come on, take them." And I was back. Up and I was back to normal then. And that, and that, those thoughts never went through your head then after that. that the only time it ever went back to my head. I'm totally honest with you. Is um, the only time it ever, ever, ever come into my mind is my first trip back to Aberavon, where I'd done it. But the rest of the time, that was that was it, vanished. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't tell anyone to go play with a bad injury or anything. You know, you've got to. If it's anything's in the back of your mind, you. But my neck was stronger than any. Listen, I, I, I went up to Farnham Park to all these specialist places to try and get cover for my um, neck. I mean, the story don't stop. Ponypool got beat by Swansea by about 30 points to 10 or something down at, um, down at St. Helens. And I had a phone call then off Eddie Butler out of the blue. This was like um, uh, October. So don't I've been playing for the Hills, but Ponypool hadn't come back in from there, no one. So I was playing for the Hills at Junior Rugby. And they got walloped on the Wednesday down in, and um, Eddie Butler phoned me up. He said, um, I heard you back. I said, it's about fucking time, I said. 
He's the one who says, I'm not fucking time before me, cheeky bastard. I've been fucking playing since fucking August. I says fucking October. So he laughed, he said, well, the problem we got, we can't get fucking insurance on it. I said, well, how can the fucking else get insurance on it? He said, I would suggest you paint without insurance. <laughs> so anyway, I went to see all these specialists, etc., etc., and they all just threw me out the door. So I went to see them, a friend of my dad's. His name's Doc, Doc Roberts. Doctor played with my, played with my father, done like a Morgan Wonders one before I was born. And for Clunapia, and I went up and seen Doc. I knew he liked his whiskey, I took him a nice bottle of whiskey. Went up, shoved in my x-rays, looked at me, he said, Dad, do you want to play? I said, yeah, he said, your neck's stronger than it'll ever be. He said, but if it comes again, he said, he said, I'll kill you outright. I said, sign that, Doc. Went, boom, boom. And that was it, that was away. And this, uh, this point... I went up and played against my stake yeah. then, and suddenly at that point in my career, I was 20, 21. And this is, this is before you, you won an handicap for Wales? Yeah, yeah, it's all before my cap. So talk us through how that, how that came to be and why it wasn't more than one. Well, do you know, I stopped, I stopped on over that to this day. Well, again, the game was an amateur game. I don't want to do a bit of off-the-field trouble, if you know what I mean, but they can't maybe after that. So I come out of, um, I come out of, I play for Ponypool in, in, in the October. I scored 14 tries in seven games. Then I'm in the Monmouthshire squad. Then we play the Marlies. So everything starts. Then my first time in the Welsh squad. I think it was me, Mark Douglas, and um, um, me, Mark Douglas, and Terry Holmes, Terry Holmes. Um, I didn't have a great game against Monmouthshire, but they only beat us 9-6, I think. Um, Paul Turner was outside half. I didn't have a great game, to be totally honest with you. And, um, I was left off the bench there, but I was in, and all of a sudden, now I know I'm in, I'm in the front room, if yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? I'm in the front room now. So I just kept putting performances in, performances in, and bam, bam, bam. Um, still getting overlooked, mine. Um, and, and it kills me, because of the brand of rugby we played. Right. Yeah, no. Oh, all the shit. Um, what did they mean by that? Well, exactly. What did they mean? I mean, Pross when he went with the Lions, took a brand of rugby from there, brought it back, and and um, and, <clears throat> and sort of you know um, took it and put it in with us. Uh, and what it was, what it is, is that um, I didn't know. I never seen prejudice like it until I went there. That makes sense. Yeah. And then I knew what prejudice was because it all came down on me. But they were the best fans ever. So um, after, after after that year, then I'm on the bench for the B team. I think Mark Douglas gets his third B cap after playing for Wales as well. Then they pick someone else in front of me, and, and then all of a sudden there's a bit of a shake up, and then you have John Bevan, God rest his soul, and they take Cobbler take over. Um, I remember we played Cardiff on the on the Wednesday night. At Donna Cardiff, um, 18,000 people there. 18. They had a, first time ever in all my career, they had to delay kickoff because of the crowd. And um, through 9 all actually. But always you come on a front pool and <laughs> run into the bad bit, Chris Hewish, boom. That was the end of that. Always you come off the shoulder. Yeah. So I got a B cap there. Me and Jiffy got B capped um, together at the uh, Rally Parade um, two weeks later. And, um, and a week later, then I picked for. Uh, So at this point in the interview, the fire alarm goes off and we're all escorted out of the building. Probably about a 10 minute wait or so before we come back in. And I'm starting to think that it's probably not gonna get much more eventful than this. Obviously we've had a chat about broken necks and stints in prison and then the fire alarm's gone off midway through the interview. 
but I was pretty wrong with that assumption because when we come back, Bish is in real, honest, open mood and uh, really, really goes for it. So that's what you're about to hear in, uh, in the second part of this interview. So we're back on air after a, a very quick interrupt, well, a, a prolonged interruption where a fire alarm's gone off. Well, you know what it's like to be with David Bishop. Well, this is it, isn't it? And, the, uh, <laughs> and the, the common consensus seems to be it was your fault. Yeah, my fish. fault. Yeah. Well, I just put my hands up. I'll plead not guilty, but I can't say nothing now until I must listen to the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're at this point where... Yeah, we're at this point where um, I've got to be capped with Jiffy. We've both got to be capped together. Um, I always got injured, and then I'm, I'm in, and they picked me. Um, uh, all my all my dreams, a little bit later than I wanted, obviously, I was 23 at the time, a little bit later than I wanted, but I'm there, you know, and um, um, what people don't realise then, that was the, the, like, we have the Autumn Internationals then, yeah. um, but every year there was only one game, and um, it was Australia this time, and you know, and fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, Probably Australia's best ever side. Mm. You know, they went on. I was the only one to score a try against them out of all the four nations. Um, you know, and it was just a massive day for me, and um, great for me that my father was allowed in to see me get presented yeah. with my cap. Um, and then I was on a bench then for uh, the next four games. But what people don't realise that always you want to pick for the squad um, for the January squad. There's a bit of an outcry in there with John Billow and, and, and the Western Mail and kind of people. And, um, and, and and Teddy came back into the squad then. Um, so Teddy was he was a great player, man, by the way. Mm. Um, but I feel I was playing better than him at the time as well. So, but you know, you, you can understand one thing, and you know. So um, I was on the bench then for um, um, for all the games, and, and that's when Jiffy came in, uh, got his cap against England when I was on the bench. And um, it's just so prophetic um, uh, that. One of the headlines in, in, in one of the papers, which um, my daughter's got on my scrapbook, so, so Bishop will be king for a day. How prophetic. And how, how, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly how it turned out to be. Absolutely. The thing is... So what happened sorry. is, and I was on the bench, sorry, Jed, I was on the bench then, you know, and uh, we were playing Fiji then in November, you know, we'd gone full circle. Yeah. And um, we play, playing Fiji um, in, in November. Um, now on a Wednesday we played Newbridge and there was this guy, there was this guy um, um, I don't know if I see his name, he's the only time he ever gets mentioned, is over my internet, Jam. And um, this it was, it was a Wednesday night derby and, and this kid's throwing his weight about you know, and, and I, so I called, I called the phones and I said, I said, I said what's going on here? I said, so, so I did. And actually he smacked my goals with the arts and half. So I called him and I just said, listen, I said, this fucker you better be sorted out. I said, this is first deep, this is first army. I said, what the fuck? I said, make sure it's this last bastard. Anyway, and with that, um, I'll tell you what happened. It went to a line-out. It wasn't off the ball. It went to a line-out. It was always throwing. Um, he's gone up, got the ball like down. I've just gone crack. And boom, that was it. No one's seen it. You know, looking back, look, look, looking back, if the referee sees it, I'm better off. Yeah. I'm better off. Because it's an on the pitch it's thing, it's dealt with there and there. It's dealt with there and there. I don't go to jail. I, I wouldn't have gone to jail. I wouldn't have, there would have been no charges. I probably wouldn't have got sent off for it, to be honest. The only reason, um, because he, he, he was unconscious uh, for a while, that's all. But I mean, um, I'm not justifying what I say, what I'm doing here. 
But I'll just work this out then. When it, I go training on the Sunday for the Fiji game, and Ray Giles is there. So I turn around and say, what's he doing now? And Cobner and, um, and Bevan pulled me to the side. They said, we've been told from up above, uh, until this blows away, we cannot, you, 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 you can't be considered for selection. Well, that's 1985, yeah. right? I just get one thing clear, you know, and I mean really clear, and, and I hope people take this on board. They won't, but they will. Robert Jones was never part of the equation. Robert Jones came two years later. The scrum house of ball when I was playing was Mark Douglas, Ray Giles, Terry Owens. That's it. Do you know what I mean? They were, yeah. That was it. But Robert Jones was playing youth football, youth rugby. So Robert's a lovely guy. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they build this thing up with Robert Jones and me. Robert Jones couldn't lace my boots. But it's it's, e it's easier to do that, isn't it, right? But but, but he wasn't yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, let's put things in the context. Yeah. This is 85, right? So they don't pick me. The court, before the police charge me, goes on another six months. That's before the police charge me, right? Looking at the inquiries. So now we're into 86. Here we are. Wales play England. Tulip gets his jaw broken by Wade Dooley yeah. in front of millions and 75,000 at the yeah. park, right? What happened to him? Nothing. He broke his cheekbone, his jaw, and everything, yeah, right? Wade Dooley had a one-game suspension. No, you were talking about copy, yeah? In front of the National Stadium, in front live of millions, live on television. Live yeah. on TV. To, what happened to me is unprecedented, never happened before, and never happened since. Why? I don't know. But, so that happens there, right? The court case then, I get charged after six months, the court case lasts a year, you know, before I'm charged. I go in for a common assault, which is just a magistrate's job, yeah. right? How I don't know where the powers came from, I still don't know, and I still, I still scratch my head about it. It had to go to Crown Court, because of the, which is nonsense, because a, a section 45 is, is that. Yeah. You can tell them I'm slapping him. That's a section 45, right? That's what I got done. There was no broken jaw. There was nothing. It was just a common assault. It wasn't a private practice, a private um, um, prosecution. prosecution, like everyone says. The next day in the paper was Bishop Sickner turns the tide, right? Rob Cole. Prick. Right? You know, I had a great game. I know it was a great game and all that, but yeah. you had to bring that up. Referee never seen it, no one's seen it. Dennis Jarman's father said he's seen it, right? Well, my father never missed a thing. Yeah. If I tripped over a blade of grass, my father, my father didn't see it. Anyway, so by this time now, from this night in 85, we're going wrong now. The first World Cup's in 87. Yeah. Now, this is when Robert Jones comes on to the scene, if you know. It's in 87. So we, we get to there now. Now, don't forget, I've been in the wilderness now for two years. When I go to court, they give me a month in jail. Listen, I'm buying a lot. The only international to be jailed for in another Poland, a month in jail for a common assault, for that. They take me from Newport, they take me down to Cardiff Prison, where the governor asked my autograph. It's fast. Straight up. I go in front like this, he's a Cardiff Blues fan. He's got a Cardiff fan. He's gone in, he said, it's disgusting, I'm terrible to see you here, he said. And I don't agree with what's, what's going on. He said, um, by the way, you don't mind, can I, can I have your autograph? Fucking <laughs> hell. I said, no problem, you know, I give him my autograph. And he said, anything I can do for you? I said, can I have my own cell? And then this PO prison officer goes, no, he can't have his own cell, he said. There's no VIP treatment in here, we're full. And the governor just looked at me, he said, find him his own cell. And I thought, fuck you, know, here we go. That's a, I'm on the right side of these bastards now as well. Like, fuck me. Teachers pet with the governor, so the fucking teachers are going to give it to So anyway, cut the long story short, um, I've been on for breakfast in the morning, obviously. 
It's like Tom Cruise walking down Hollywood Boulevard. Fucking hell, all the prisoners are all here. Fucking nightmare. But with that, I come out that afternoon on Judge and Chambers, they call it, or something like that. So I come out, and um, within a month then, I go to the appeal courts. I go to the appeal courts. Now, when into coming in now to um, the end of 86, 87, 87. Yeah. They says the um, treatment was far too harsh, etc. with suspended sentence. Right? I come out from there, go and play against Newport on a Wednesday night, take Newport apart and all. On a Saturday, in their wisdom, because I've brought the game into disrepute, I'm on a 10-month ban. That 10 months keep me out of the First World Cup. From the Union? From the Union. That keeps me out of the First World Cup. 10 months. For what? Well, I never got sent off. Bringing the game into disrepute. What about Wade Dooley? What about uh, um, uh, you had Adrian Owens from Washington got sent off, signed down, and they ran him back in. So anyway, I decide right, we're going to take him on. So this is where it all starts. I'm going to take him on with the European Court of Rights. So I got a top barrister in we go. Now what happened is technical, but the WIU they can't be above the law if you know what yeah. I mean. You know, but they're saying they can do what they want, but they can't. So it comes back to us, as I just mentioned, Adrian Owens, he'd been sent off about four times and he just had a life ban and, and they, re, uh, they re, uh, rescinded down and let him back in. And I've said to my, 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 um, my legal team, get him back here, um, just come up in front of us, because you had to give him a second chance and um, we'll squash it. This is fact. I go back up in front of him and I said, listen, I don't trust these fucks, I don't trust them, I'm telling you. No, it's all right, we pretty much, the deal's done. Um, they'll, they'll do it down to three months. You probably won't go to the World Cup because they won't pick you, but you know. So I said, Well, if I'm knocking the door down all the time, you can't, yeah. can't ignore me. I go back in, go up, band stands, they said. So I fucked them, that's it. So, um, so this is how it went. Um, uh, so I'm devastated. Over the first World Cup. Right, and Rob Jones comes from nowhere, and uh, Mark Douglas and, and Ray Giles about the back burner, whatever, which I don't care about. So I go and have a game of football on a Saturday for my friends, six division combination league at Lander Fields. I played for them on a Saturday, and I should be playing by the ball, but I'm on a 10 month man. And the next thing, then the chairman of the Welsh FA comes out, he's not allowed to play football. I got a total ban there. Football. So let's be clear, this is this is football, this soccer, is football, 11 soccer, aside. 11 right? aside. Six division combination, right? But they can't get aside everyone. Because I played, the Welsh FA come out, and chairman comes out, we're not having people from rugby coming to play football, we don't want it. Next thing, rugby league come out and ban me, right? So the next thing is a load of photos with Gren, right? Dressed up in fancy dressing, the sheep, and they're going, quick, bitch, no one's looking. And they're playing balls, right? That's what the only place I could train, the only place I could play baseball, baseball sort of let me play in the yeah. summer. The only place I could train was at Driscoll's gym, um, which was above the Royal Oak in the boxing gym. And BBC coming down to see me training in, in the gym. And but I was banned, carpet banned from every sport in Wales. Never before and never ever since, ever, has that happened. Why are you, Bish? Why? Well, I'm asking you, Jeff. No one's given me answers. But, I mean, it's never been put out there, it's always been brushed under the carpet. It's just, the, bit, the only word I can say is unprecedented, you know, mm. I can say a bit heavier than that. But, and that's what happened, so after 10 months I'm out, I come back, almost new. I'm smashing them up again, ripping it up again. Look at me, come on, I'm back. 
And then I, I can see him, are we ever going to keep this fucker down? Or what can we do? This fuck? So then it comes to public opinion, no? This is where the Jones factor comes in. Hey, hey Ross, listen, history will tell you, Robert's had 50 odd caps, um, three lines yeah. chest, but. And he's a good kid, listen, you know? Um, as far as an opponent, not in the top 10. As far, uh, and, and that's not being derogatory to Robert. They said he had a great service. Fucking scrum half. He's supposed to have a good service. He's a good player, don't get me wrong. But he didn't have that X factor. Um, um, so, you know, when everyone builds it up with Robert Jones, it, it, it gets on my fucking nerves a little bit because, you know, Robert just got on with his game and, you know, Robert, you know, there was nothing to do with Robert. He just played and he got on with it. I think he was very fortunate um, because I thought Jonathan Griffiths was better. Um, you know, great player, Jim uh, Griff. Um, Bridges, Rupert, they brought something out, a little bit extra, you know. When you look at a scum half, I mean, you, you know yourself. You look at Davis and Webb, we go, no, yeah. they're attacking threats. Yeah. Telling you, you've got to have an attacking threat. You've got to. You've got to hold that back row down. You've got to be able to do more than just serve past the ball. Past Keep, the keeping ball. the back row honest is the common cliche for it these days, isn't it? Keeping them honest. Yeah. Well, I tell you, right, when I played, even the, you know, even the second rows wouldn't buy properly. <laughs> <laughs> So right, I mean that that really so sets, that was it. sets the scene. So right? that was it. So then um, Brian Thomas, the neat coach, turned round. He said, "I'm the best player in um, um, the Northern Hemisphere, best player in the world, in his opinion. Oh, they can't take me to New Zealand. It's just got to be nailed on." Gareth Davis, who's the chairman now, he came out. He said, "Bishop got a captain Wales to go to New Zealand." Anyway, I've not even in their wisdom they put me on the bench on the probable side, or the bench on the probable side. Um, it's, like, it's like the I don't know it's, it feels like the ultimate indignity being on the bench in that side doesn't it because it's like well I, I said the process I said it was shut I said the fucking ass like, you know? I said what he, he said you've got to go and I went you know but he, look the thing is at the time and I was on the bench for the problem so if Jonesy come off you know but I knew I could play week in week out against these boys and I knew and, 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 and they all knew everyone knew listen everyone knew it wasn't it was everyone in the world knew I was the best. It was, it's not, you know, and it sounds like I'm being a bit blasé there and blowing my own trumpet. But listen, it's a fact. I was head and shoulders above everyone. And in my opinion, the best player in the world. The, be- the best player out and out in the world. I, I'm point. telling you straight. I, I, I didn't think there was a better player than me in the world. I'm telling you. I, I, I remember Pross turning my words. We played Leslie down there. And they're giving it to me, and they're giving it to me, and I loved it. You know, the more they screamed, and good, good fans, don't it? And um, yeah, get back to jail, I loved it. Right? The old Stradley Park, and the next thing, Bob playing against Griffith, and I've gone bum, and I've gone from about, scored about fifty-five yard try. As I come, they all give me a stand ovation. I stood in front of them, like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, what I mean? no, the next thing, like, yeah, fuck the coat. And uh, Eddie Mumford got us as he did, though. The physio, he'd run on, he'd gone on. What's going on? And gets back to the dugout and Cross goes, What the fuck's going on over there? He said, Oh, Bishop told all those Westies to fuck off. He went, Go away to love that kind of cunt, he said. But everywhere I went, it was hostile, it was brilliant. But they all knew, they knew I was the best. And, and the more they put, and, and I'd, I'd play up to it as well. Yeah. Oh, fuck off, you know. Well, yeah, you, that, no, that's, no, that's and I'd get them going. Right? No, but I'd get them going, that's yeah. right, you know. And it was in my DNA, like, um, but, you know, scrum house are not supposed to hit people. Well, Mike Phillips came along, he started, he was getting yeah. knocked out more, he was knocking people out by old Mike. <laughs> Especially on, on McDonald's doors. But, um, 
So that, that was it then. St. Helens came into me when I never yeah. went to New Zealand. And um, Alex Murphy, I met Alex Murphy. And a done deal, 100,000. And I went up for the medical, and um, when I was in Booba, and I was just, just putting my shirt back on. I said, what's that on your neck? I said, what do you mean? What's that on my neck? I said, broke my neck. <laughs> deal was off, so I had to jump in the car, in the boot, as all the cameras are coming in, get snuck out of Nosley Road, I'm in the boot of the car, and I turn up then um, the next day. So this is, this is it again, I think if anyone's grown up in the professional era, won't understand necessarily the, the context of... Of talking, even talking to a well, that's to so a bad it was. Yeah. Yeah, like letting a black man into a white man's restaurant, if you know what I mean. That's how bad it was. You can, but they knew by now, you know, things are going on. The press get all of everything, and then the the rest of Mail and all the papers, St. David, David St. David's gone will never be forgotten. And I'm sitting on the bench the next day watching Ringo play against Bridgend and Pross and Boyd and all that. But I was supposed to sign on on a Friday, so the Prosser turned on and he said, "Look." He said, Ray Williams is going to come here. He said, they've all seen the papers, his headlines, Bishop's gone for 100,000, his headlines everywhere. And he said, look, the way they've treated you in the last two years, three years, he's going to come down, we'll go downstairs, he's, he's going to come down, he's going to say to you, have you been approached by rugby league clubs, have you spoke to him? You say no, and it's all forgotten. I said, Pross, I've been down that fucking room before with these bastards. But I said, I don't mind Ray, I've done his first book, Rugby Forgiveness, yeah. when I was 11, I was... I was the one who'd done his book, done all the things in his book. So Ray comes down and goes, you know what happened to you? Bismarck, he said, I was never part of it. Like the fucking rest of it. Like, you know, I said, right, away. He said, right, David, I've got to ask you this question. He said, um, was you approached by saying, I'd be in rugby league, rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pross is standing there, me, Pross and, and, and Ray Williams. And um, I goes, no, I wasn't. Right, well, that's done. He said, let's go. And that was it. That was it. But, but... They, because they've done so much and, and ruined me so much and hey I'm basically listen just pilloried me you know what I mean I mean there was the four ticket scan I know the last squad right but what happened with Barney Poole we, all the players had come funny enough we got to Burnley Domain my solicitor we got to Kiki's down in Charles Street and then yeah, he'd either he'd either club but we'd all what we do we all the players had tickets so what we do we sell the tickets face value obviously and, um, and we'd have a beer kitty Right? So on this particular day, I goes down to the ground, me and, me and Chris Jewish. So I got a, a ticket, so I should be out there playing, right? But I'm, all the tickets are for Polly Paul to sell tickets, right? So anyway, all the tickets come, right? And that was the game where, um, when there was a, 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 a fraud ticket scandal. Listen, this is another fact, right? Fraud ticket scandal, right? So um, I think there was two or three thousand people spilled over on a pitch, and I think it was against Scotland, I'm not sure. I mean, take the facts up there. On a Monday morning, my door comes off the hinges with fucking 20 police in my house. It's a fact. What the fuck's going on here? They come in, grab me, took four tickets. Four tickets. He gets me anyway, takes me down, locks me up. My solicitor comes and says, what the fuck the hell's going on here? You were seen selling tickets. Listen. No, listen. This is the power they have. I'm just talking to get into the police, to get into the media, to get the judges. And when you look at the WRU, that's their whole makeup. You know, where do they get this power? So the next thing, right? I come out, I come out, um, I come out of um, Central Station. Every camera in the world, even CNN are there, right? And they got me coming out, right? Fucking headlines. I'm not sure the headlines. Bishop on four ticket charges for the game on Saturday. 
unless and this is what the public's reading, right? A week later, there was two lines in the inside back uh, front page. That bit, there'll be no further charges with the That's it. So yeah, done. You've had the headlines. Done. I had every time I, I was on fraud and and and, and um, uh, fraud and theft charges. This is when I signed rugby league. I was working for a company, right? I'd come to see you in and I come and I said, Johnson Andrews, this Saturday. And he said, yeah, bang, right? You've signed them, done, right? Um, a month later, the company went through or whatever it was, right? The next thing, they've charged me on that, right? Thrown out of court again. With the headlines, Bishop on forgery charges, OKR come into me. They go, what the fuck's going on here? I said, I don't fucking know. I said, no, I'm not a thief or a fraudster. I can tell you what I'm the real thing. <laughs> again, chucked out of court. But the headlines again, bam. Bam. All the time, just crucifying me. Not happy with crucifying me. Just undo those nails, put some new ones in. Just put some new ones in. And that was it. And um, so um, coming back, then we had the best season ever. Then with uh, uh, Paddy Paul, we only lost. Um, lost. Uh, I think we drew, drew one and lost one. We got, lost the Neath in the semis of the cup, down in Cardiff, and drew with Bridgend that day uh, when I didn't play. Um, and then Hulk Harry, the meantime, would be coming into me. I said, Do you know, I broke my neck. They said, Yeah. I said, Right. So um, I had my agent across you. I told her I had 120 grand tax free, I had 50,000 for signing on. I was picked to be captain, I, you know, and it was, phew, it was a real ballsy. I didn't want to go. This is what I got to clear. I never, ever, ever wanted to go to the I, w- I would have wanted to, maybe sooner or later, but after I achieved everything I should have achieved. Don't forget what I've lost, right? In my opinion, anyway. Being world famous, if you like. Mm. Um, um, Hall of Fame means a lot, you know. British Lions. Um, the respect you get, you know what I mean? I know how much I'm respected by my um, by, by people around, you know, in the Welsh team, you know, to this day. Like, uh, Mike Phillips phoned me up yesterday, you know, I haven't met Mike three times, but I'm a pint of You know, so you judge by your peers. But down along down the road of our history, you know, where was David Bishop? You know? Well, this, I mean, this is it, bitch. You know, you you got to kind of you, you have to. Well, yeah. And this is it. You kind of you have to dig deep to to find that and get the real truth, which is why we were so keen to chat to you to get your side well, is the truth. of what happened. I mean, it's never happened to any player before. White, black, yellow, Chinese, Japanese, Welsh, anything. It's never happened. And, and listen, your Code Breakers was a good program, wasn't it? But do you think the people up there in the eye towers? Uh, they, that happened in 66 do you think they're you know do you think they're losing sleep over that you know not picking black players and not picking listen they're a power to themselves like Caesar's right they're both suspicious they can do what they want um, I, it's changed a bit don't get me wrong um, that you've got a coach in charge now and fully professional hmm. missing a few characters in the game I think right? but let's just let's talk about your rugby league career briefly as well um, Keen to keep an eye on the time there, Bish. But um, how how was that experience for you? Having said you didn't want to do it, you went and yeah. played. Uh, you know, at well, a time when if I would have signed for Saints when I signed, I would have had three Wembley finals under yeah. my ass. But um, when I went to OKI, I looked in the league and they finished sixth the year I signed, or fifth, fifth or sixth when I signed. That season we won two games. I said to my old man, I said, "What have I done here?" And uh, he grabbed all of me and he went. No, I see how fucking good you are. I looked up and said, all right, let's go. Um, I got battered for a bit, four games, five games. 
Um, played for Great Britain, um, extra 20 mile bonus. Uh, I went on tour with Jiffy, you know, um, and uh, everything, but I see my heart wasn't in it, wasn't really. Um, but I love the game, I love the people, and um, savage game, like, yeah. fantastic game. I think you're fit that you get up there. But, <coughs> um, really enjoyed it, and still go back to OKI, you know, and um, a lot of great friends there. Um, as you know, I just go on a social media thing, um, Twitter, um, got a lot of feedback from them, and um, you know, I go back up for reunions and things like that. But I'm, I'm a Cardiff boy, born and bred, but I always be you know, a Valley boy, really, if you know. Yeah. From Everville and Honeypool, maybe. But uh, yeah, um, uh, the rugby league was great, yeah. I, got, I tried to change my approach. Well, I mean, I've done, done an interview out there for, uh, for, for the for local paper. Because I, I sold the story to the West Side and the Mail uh, and the Daily Mail. Double backed them. So I did an exclusive with two of them. <laughs> really got, I nearly got done with that. And, um, well, then he said, I don't know if I was going to meet them. Um, I, I don't know if I was going to meet Al Capone, uh, the Godfather. And he said, when well, he said, starting from the he's a real nice guy. He said, it's a bit, uh, bit confusing, really. Couldn't be the more cheerful, happy chap, and all this. And, um, you know, it was, it, I suppose both things, both ways, but I had a great time up in home. And um, quick learning curve, mind you, we won two games that year. Well, we used to have from losing one game a season before. And, uh, like your dad said, did you find out how good you were during that season? I was the only player to go on tour. Uh, we agreed with, with the Lions in 1990 in the second division. Um, only player to get capped for the second division. Three years on the trot, I was their player of the year. Supporters player of the year. So, they asked me how my career was. I've been up league and I'll go colourful. <laughs> Bish, it's been... Uh... It's been nothing short of fascinating. Thank uh, you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll and, carry uh, the second story on a side. We're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to carry on some other time. Yeah, good. Thanks very much. Pleasure. So that's it for another special attacking scrum podcast. Really hope you've enjoyed these. If you haven't heard all of them, make sure you go back, have a listen to the one with Phil Steele which was uh, equally as fascinating. We did a Six Nations wrap-up from down at London Welsh with Kai Griffiths and Sonny Parker. And going back a little bit further, we've done some really interesting conversations with John Taylor and with Ed Jackson uh, as well. So there's some, some really interesting stuff uh, for you to get your teeth into if you've, uh, if you've enjoyed this. And another favour we ask, if you have enjoyed it, is if you can leave us a review on iTunes. just makes it that much easier for fellow like-minded Wales rugby fans to to find us and uh, yeah that that kind of makes it all worthwhile really so yeah make sure you do that and let us know what you think too and you can do that on Twitter at Attacking Scrum you can do it on Facebook either as part of our Facebook page which is Attacking Scrum or as part of our Facebook group which is Wales Rugby Fans we'll be back to chat more rugby with you very very soon in the meantime thanks for listening Podcast Network.